back to the Mumbrella cast. I'm Callum Jaspin, and today, another upfront special, and it is Seven West Media's turn. Seven held its upfront event last night at Sydney's Entertainment Quarter, and here to talk through it all and more is Kurt Burnett and Nat Harvey. Kurt Burnett, Chief Revenue Officer, and Natalie Harvey, National Sales Director at Seven West Media. Welcome to the Mumbrella cast. Thanks, Callum. Hello. Hi, thanks for having us. Great to have you both joining me. So we're recording this on Tuesday morning uh, ahead of your first upfront event in Sydney this afternoon, the first of a few that you'll be taking on a bit of a road show. Um, I'll be making the late dash up after the the recording just now. Um, Kurt, we'll start with you. How, how are you feeling about the event sort of being that last act to come out of the networks and I guess that sort of uh, different roadshow approach as well? Yeah, thanks, Callum. We look forward to welcoming you up here. Um, we are very excited about what's to come today, and we generally do it around the same time every year. So we are normally the last um, to anchor the upfront season, and um, we're very delighted to be those people that do that because we've got a really good story to tell. I mean, this is the first year that we will go in to 2023, that is, where we are fully integrated in Prime. I mean, what's I guess sometimes forgotten is that we only made that acquisition in January this year. So we are fully integrated, metro, regional, digital, wholly owned, um, and the only um, media company to, to, to do so in that fashion. So what we wanted to do was to take that story, not just in a live stream and a big shiny floor show, which we've done many times before and others do, but to actually do this and share it in a more intimate fashion um, across the country with our customers, of course, but also a really important moment to reconnect with staff, to get the teams across the country that we haven't been able to get to, to meet with them and share what is a really, really strong story. And and I guess the theme of this upfronts is it's really a, the upfronts that we've been working to for many, many years, because it's certainly not just about 2023, but it's about setting us up for the future. And I can tell you that uh, we believe that this Upfront certainly does that. 2023 is the year to uh, bounce us into the future for a number of reasons all linked to these uh, these announcements we're about to talk about. Well, let's start with, um, I guess, what, we're, what, what, what we are first going to see on screens in 2023 with the content side of things. Um, Nat, a couple of new formats, Million Dollar Island, Blow Up, uh, We inter- Interrupt This Broadcast, and the 1% Club, all newly uh, revealed formats. Can you briefly take us through, I guess, why you think these will be hits with audiences and for advertisers uh, in the new year? Yeah, okay. So we kick off the year with uh, Idol in February, and Idol is going to be an absolute hit with families, as will blow up. I have a 12-year-old son. He's never seen Idol before, so we're reintroducing a trusted brand to uh, and a well-loved brand to a whole new generation of Australians. So I think we'll see a really nice audience um, make up there and then following through to blow up with that family fun. Uh, you know, you'll see in the clips that it is a lot of fun. It's inspiring as well. And there's people who are just so creative and amazing at twisting balloons beyond just a standard poodle. It's actually quite awe-inspiring. Um, I think the, the 1% Club looks like a lot of fun 
getting, you know, that co-viewing and people trying to challenge each other. I think that will perform really well. Um, and I think it'll do really well on 7 Plus as well. So from a catch-up perspective, so both live and catch-up will be really strong. We've got the Logies coming to 7 uh, and complemented with the new channel with 7 Bravo and all the content from NBCU going into 7 Plus. We've got a really strong story and that's building off the base that got us to leadership this year. So we're up for a really strong year. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting sort of um, speaking to the other networks so far after uh, the upfronts and there's sort of been a conflicting idea about how I guess important it is to present that sort of plan on how you start and then go through the stretch of the year. Nat, how important is that to give, I guess, your advertising partners a sort of good look at how the year will roll? I think consistency is key. And if you look at our content spine, that's on every week of the year with Sunrise, The Chase, The Morning Show, Seven News, Home and Away, that strong base actually enables us to have those strong tent poles come through as well and then complemented with the AFL running through from, from March all the way through to end of September. So ideally there's a few spikes in there, but you need to have a really strong base. If you're relying on a tent pole, a quarter to get you through, um, you know, we've seen challenges with some audiences on some traditional tent poles that have done well. I think that that's a dangerous strategy. I think, you know, our consistency is what sets us apart from our competitors. Um, and when you see in 7 Plus that strong audience delivery that we've got across the year with a few spikes in there with event television um, and some of the tent poles, I think our strategy is one that delivers that consistency for brands and certainly next year where it's going to be challenging, you'd want to be banking your money with the network that's got the most eyeballs and potential for um, growth and for for being able to turn those cash the sales over at the cash registers. And I think, Nat, and we, we talk about this a lot uh, and it's certainly the how we've presented the upfronts for this year. I mean, and I think to your question too, Callum, it's, it's this idea of uh, laying it out for the year and how that is perceived. I mean, we believe in a market that is a lot of uncertainty about what's coming next year, we want to provide certainty and clarity. We want to be very clear with what it is that we're doing next year, how it is that we're going to grow and show the best possible audiences for our, for our clients and brands. And we're doing that by laying out the entire year. So when people leave our upfronts over the next week, whichever one they're going to, um, they will know exactly what it is we're doing for the year, laying out the, uh, the content, how we will grow across 7 and 7 Plus, and all the ad innovation that we're using to help grow and connect brands with that audience. So it is a very clear strategy, one that we've been working on for a number of years and one that will play out for the next few years. So clarity is very important to give confidence into a year of uncertainty. Uh, and then... Uh... What was the sort of uh, decision-making in terms of, you know, the first um, show that you mentioned there, Nat, starting the year off with Idol? You're bringing back a, I guess, a previously much-loved format. It's been quite some time, but, you know, you're also bringing back some of those old characters that we we do associate with that brand. I think we just made the announcement today about Marsha Hines joining, which is awesome. Um, when I think about Idol, I think about Marsha and her authentic approach to, to growing talent. So excited to see her as part of the team. Um, the decision comes down to what we know rates from a audience perspective when we're looking at some broad demos, but particularly with younger audiences, we see that Idol, um, when you look at the talent, they're younger, 
We've believed that we're going to get strong family viewing through there as well. And it is must-watch telly. It is the return of live television, which we've not had outside news and sport since basically 2019. Um, so that combination of live and a really strong demo makeup, but also still quite broad, is what's appealing for Idol. And we've got a few brands that have already committed to sponsorships there too because of that well-known nostalgia with Australian Idol with older Australians. And we're talking... I'm putting myself in that bucket, by the way. I'm not talking over 60s. I'm talking, you know, kind of not even, I'm not even going to call myself middle-aged, um, but let's call them established families perhaps. Uh, and I guess maybe one of the the sort of elephants in the room would be Kyle, uh, obviously returning to the network after he was sacked in 2009. Is is there, I guess, a risk associated with that at all? Or is it sort of a weight off because you know, while some would turn away from him. He is, I, I guess, much what must watch TV for so many Australians. I mean, casting's a really important part of any TV show. There's no question about that. And, and particularly with these, um, you know, the, the shows that are highlighting uh, fresh talent and, you know, what we believe we've put together, the team have put together is, is the best possible, uh, you know, panel that can deliver what people would want to see. And, you know, uh, everyone's been selected for a different reason. And Kyle, you know, certainly represents a, a great voice in the market to uh, amplify that story. I mean, he's already started, you know, in, into his breakfast show to talk about the show. And, you know, he, he creates conversation. Um, there's no question about that. And we think that he can add a whole lot of really interesting insights and uh, storylines that will come out of it that will live well beyond the show. And then we, we have some of those returning formats, which I know we sort of alluded to before there, uh, of course, Home and Away, The Chase, The Voice, Farmer Wants a Wife, SAS, My Kitchen Rules, Big Brother. What can we can we expect, I, I guess, more of the same in terms of what has delivered success or are we going to see any sort of um, tweaks or changes to those formats? Uh, we will see a bit of a tweak to Big Brother and you'll see that in the promo, bit younger, um, singles still uh, very brand safe in terms of it's pre-recorded. Um, Home and Away goes from strength to strength. We'll see an increase in audience in seven plus, um, but those stories will continue. You know, weddings, fires, earthquakes, tornadoes. I'm not sure there's any place in the world that gets as many disasters as what Home and Away does. Um, Farmer wants a wife's back. RFDS in terms of strong Australian dramas back. SAS. Excitingly, we're taking um, those recruits uh, through to the Middle East. Um, so it'll be a bit more raw. You know, we're talking, you know, heavy machinery. So that's going to have a different look and feel to it as well. Um, MKR's back as well. And then, as we, as I said earlier, the consistency of Sunrise and News coming through there. Sunrise and News in Sydney are coming to a new home next year. So might look and feel a little bit different, which is exciting. They've been at Martin Place for a long time, but they're joining us here at Everly in the new year. So there'll be a bit of a refresh there too. And just I think the other point to add of how we're sort of presenting those shows in a different way to get access to a new audience, I think there's a real story there that uh, we're going to be talking about a lot, and that's the Fast Channel's following to Big Brother, Farmer Wants a Wife, SAS. So we create not just live stream, you know, linear broadcast, live stream broadcast and video on demand in 7+, Plus, but we're also creating have done and will continue to do the fast channel strategy, which builds out an additional 
uh, audience. It, it delivers incremental reach. We've seen the numbers. We've been living with these numbers now for over 18 months on Fast Channel. So yeah. I think it's a really important part of the ecosystem of the content fan, how we expand that. And, um, you know, that's that, and that's what we've done with things like uh, Aura, you know, like which we announced uh, today where new ways to find an engagement to a show. On Million Dollar Island, you'll be able to watch it second screening and then look at your favourite character Choose them as the favourite, follow them, look for treasure, you know, gamification, treasure hunts on the island, all while watching the show live because we know that the viewing has changed. Younger audiences are particularly into second screening, but not just younger audiences. So how do we create new ways to, to keep an engagement in, in an audience for the new shows like Million Dollar Island, but also for the returning shows that um, Nat mentioned, so Farmers, SAS, et cetera. So, uh, you know, or as a a really interesting piece for us because we've not just, you know, using it as a third-party vendor to, to create what we believe is the next iteration of audience and e-com, but we're actually invested in that as part of our joint ventures. And, Kurt, on that, um, it's been, I guess, a feature of um, both Nine and Paramount 10's um, upfronts with it, that this introduction of Fast Channel is something that Seven has been a leader on in the market so far. Um, one of the major announcements, Nat, you alluded to it before, was the um, content deal with NBC Universal, one that's kind of been very sought after in the market. Um, and with that, the launch of the Bravo, um, the Bravo brand here. Um, be interested to, I guess, get the impression of um, where sort of Bravo now will sit within the landscape and I guess launching a new channel, how that will sort of complement the network or whether or not you think it might dilute the actual share that the, the entire network across its channels is getting. I think when you look at the, um, we're going to, you know, we've got a Venn diagram that shows our audience ecosystem uh, from a broadcast perspective. And you've got 7.2, which is a bit older female. We've got um, 7 Mate in there and we've got 7 Flicks. And where 7 Bravo will sit is between 7 Flicks and 7.2. So we're talking, you know, young female, similar to what Mate does for males. We're forecasting that. Seven Bravo will do for female. So we believe that we're going to grow our overall audience share rather than dilute the current channels that we've got. Uh, for Seven Plus, we're putting in uh, like thousands of hours of content, which is going to deliver massive audience growth um, and those stickier, array, uh, I guess, connections between brands and audiences with some of those new ad innovations that Kurt spoke to earlier. So we found a gap in our audience ecosystem and we're certainly filling it with a heap of content and new ad innovations to create new opportunities for brands. And I want to put too fine a point on it, but this is a game changer because we're talking about a brand new linear channel, another two and a half million spots of inventory to add to the marketplace and over 2,000 hours driving into 7 plus over multiple years. Like this is a incredible piece of content news that's going to help drive our um, future for growth. And, and remembering that, you know, this is all that we're doing around this too. And, uh, and we're not alone in this. I mean, we're not just fishing in the, in the uh, linear TV channel revenue pie anymore. Like we want to be going after, you know, the social medias. Like I read a lot in, um, you know, in the articles in trade, including your own, about how everyone's coming after television money. 
from the yeah. social medias and all the rest of it. But guess what? We're coming after theirs because we have great deal of content, great deal of technology and some great targeting. Um, and in particular, we believe Seven is, is set for that. So, yeah, like we're aggressively going into the broader revenue pie from a business perspective. This is a business discussion now. Um, and by doing, by offering uh, to our customers um, a lot more of innovation, targeting from fast channels to now brand new content of, you know, and Bravo, you know, Seven Bravo only is a brand new brand to Australia. It exists in the US. It's a, from the top channels there and it exists in New Zealand, but it is the brand new brand into uh, Australia and and you know we also get access to Jimmy Fallon and uh, E um, on the carpet where we'll do a lot of integration with that and the other thing around this is it's content that to, appeals to a lot of the people that are investing in our media that we want them to invest in you know they know these shows Below Deck Real Housewives you know this is stuff that people um, you know watch a lot of themselves so you know it's uh, we can't underestimate what this will mean for. Uh, you know, now and into the future. And it's not just that Seven Bravo content. It also means we have broader content access to NBCU, who are one yeah. of the most prolific yeah. content creators in the world, like the movies and and uh, and the likes. And, you know, we're, we're the only, uh, you know, free-to-air to have access to NBCU, uh, to Sony uh, and to Disney. And, um, you know, so it's, it's there's a whole lot in there. Oxygen, Oxygen true, true Crime is in there as well. So, you know, it's... um. You know, James Warburton always says, you know, we're about content, content, content. Well, hello, here's a whole lot of content. <laughs> so uh, it's really interesting because you sort of mentioned um, some of that there. And we've asked the um, the two other networks, the launch of Disney Plus, Netflix, and now Binge uh, last week with an ad model. Um, Nat, would be interested to get your thoughts. Do you, do you think that this will be pulling spend away from BVOD? Um, I guess when on Kurt's point, there's some of the same content, which will be through that Foxtel deal with NBC will also be available on, um, on seven plus and Bravo. No, I, I genuinely think that it will grow the overall video pie. I, I would uh, put the question out there as to whether it will actually move money out of social video uh, as brands get more conscious around uh, ESG around brand safety which is not going away. Um, and I think that when you can see premium content and you can put your brand there versus some of the other content that floats around the internet and you have no idea where it is, I think that um, the overall pie will grow and that creates opportunity for those players who are in there. For premium local content, it becomes even more valuable. Um, I do, you know, I, I around people's household incomes being under pressure and SVOD, um, even being able to save some money on an SVOD subscription will be interesting to see those real numbers in there. Um, but we offer a free service that millions of Australians engage with every single month. And by putting more content in there, it all it does is increase, I guess, our competitiveness within that growing pie. And just to finish up on content, um, Nat, what, what do you sort of see ratings wise now as the sort of definitive metric for winning for the network is it um total network share is it key demos is it the five city metro what's the sort of aim for for seven in 2023 well it it's looking at the total video story in terms of metro regional and digital 
Um, so making sure that we stop looking at metro overnights, which I know the industry is moving much quicker than what we had been around looking at that total story. I think having the biggest audience, as I said earlier, in a year going into challenging economic um, conditions, that you need to put your brand in front of as many people as possible, um, and you can do that with us. I think that um, you know key demos are still important, yes, but being able to overlay data around um, customer behaviour, which we have through Seven Red IQ and our new partnership with Visa, is going to become even more valuable. So working with us, you get the big broad base for broadcasts, and then on Seven Plus, you've got that ability to go even like really heavily targeted. So you've got the best of both worlds. I talk often about the hard and soft taco, um, which is what we offer. Um, to customers going into a year where, to Kurt's point, you want some certainty. You also need brand safety and you want to be in those premium engaging environments, which we'll see, you know, through event telly, but always our always on strategy as well. So um, on to sport. Um, I think no one could probably argue that the biggest win of the year would probably be seven securing seven more years of AFL on primetime free-to-air TV. Um, Nine more Kurt, years, Well, seven on top of the, the two more existing uh, yeah. is, is what I meant. Yeah, um, <laughs> Kurt, how, how important was this for the network? And I, I guess how different do you think today's presentation would be had you not secured that deal? I think it would be a very different presentation, yes. Um, it was quite clearly the biggest piece of content available for the next 10 years uh, in market, without question. And uh, so it's it's important strategically for us. We've, you know, we're the home of AFL and we believe we've done a very good job and the AFL thought that too because um, obviously it was hotly contested. So, um, you know, it's a really important part for us. Uh, it's a big heritage piece and in 2025 when we get, the digital rights that we've been seeking, we're going to do some extraordinary things to take it to the next level. So, you know, the AFL is the most prized sporting code in the country and uh, we're very proud and honoured to be representing that for the next, out to 2031. So, uh, yeah, it was really important. And I guess a lot was made around the um, the, the price that came with that. Um, could, was there any sense at all that maybe the network had overextended itself a little bit in order to secure that? Or is that not really even a consideration when you're talking about, as you say, the most valuable sports um, rights in the country? Uh, well, I guess it depends who you're asking. <laughs> you're asking the, the sales team, then we think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it was an excellent investment. Um, you know, and look, you know what, I, I, in all seriousness, the, you know, fiduciary responsibility is is a key part of the decision making, uh, particularly now more than ever. So, you know, the decisions that we made had that in mind. So, you know, the outcome has been an outcome that we we're quite clearly happy with. So, you know, I, I think it's probably you know best said there. We're just glad to have the content and and also to add, you know, we're already not waiting for twenty five. Like next year. You know, we we talk about uh, the upfronts today, but uh, there's more Thursday night prime time. We're investing more into New South Wales and Queensland, which actually had a massive kick this year due to the Swans and the performance of the Lions and the other, you know, local teams. And uh, so we're gonna, we're pushing that in a big. You see more of Main Channel Seven through there. Uh, there's blockbuster double headers on Friday and and the Sunday long weekend, and um, we're also extending the front bar. 
out. So that is the preeminent AFL show. We're extending that yeah. out uh, by another six weeks um, to extend out to the year. So we're doing a lot next year, even before the new rights come. So, you know, it's, it is our biggest content investment and, uh, and we will treat it as such in its in a way present it and amplify it. Feedback from the market was too that it was a good decision to to stay with seven because of the work that we do with our advertising partners, um, as well as the, you know, the viewing public, they get to watch free to wear sport. Um, so I think next year we'll see a really strong turnout for brands and, and AFL next year. We've had a really good year with blue chip clients and you saw some really cool creative that we ran through the final series and with the grand final. So I think brands are going to lean in even harder into footy next year because, you know, in a world where audiences are fragmenting, we know that there is one piece of content that every week in terms of live entertainment formats that delivers a really strong high engagement audience. And that's the the AFL. So um, to Kurt's point, the sales team think it's an excellent investment. And, um, now, in terms of ratings, we've seen the effect that um, that in international competitions such as the Australian Open, such as the Olympics, we've seen the effect that a successful Australian team or athletes can have. Um, Seven have secured the rights for the Women's World Cup in football uh, next year, hosted in Australia and New Zealand. Australia's obviously got a pretty good um Matilda's team how important is that going to be in terms of let's say the Australian team manages to go deep in that competition it will be absolutely wonderful you know we sit when we look at Australians and their viewing of sport they love event sport no matter who's playing um you know we see that with the Olympics we see that with com games and winter Olympics in an area we don't have as many high profile Australian athletes and we see that strong audience through there we're a sporting nation um, the Matildas are an incredibly strong team and the draw is favourable for them as well, which is fantastic, which happened over the weekend. So I think that there'll be a lot of excitement around among Australians. It's the biggest event to happen in Australia since the Olympics, um, the biggest women's sport event in the world. So we're going to get the excitement of the event being here and then the Matildas who are such a strong team and they've got so many star players in there. So I think that combination is heaven for us in terms of audiences, but also for brands as we see an, an increase in women's sport from an audience perspective, but also at grassroots and community. So I'm really excited to, to put the seven treatment on there. We, you see what we do with the Olympics and the Com Games and the Winters and how we tell those amazing stories of the team and the athletes in the teams, um, not just Australian, but also internationally. So it's going to be an absolute belter. Uh, and I think any brand would be crazy not to be having a look at it. And this, this actually, I don't mind saying, was my favourite announcement of the upfronts. I don't know about you know, but that's, I, I feel like this is this is something that we actively went after. We went after it because of exactly what Nat said of how we uh, promote and present women in sport and what we've done in, in some of those historic events. But we, uh, you know, this was a clear strategy again to go after something that we're very passionate about. Uh, it was a hotly contested, um, you know, uh, pitch that we had to win and we did and uh you know partnering with Optus sports so it's uh, it's a really exciting uh introduction to next year and and we just can't wait it's going to blow people's minds about how big this is and even watching the draw on saturday over in new zealand you can get a sense of just how big this is going to be and uh, i think people will genuinely be surprised and, I, and the way that we're presenting it 
to be selling with Seven and Seven Plus and Optus Sport, so you can see all of the games together across all platforms. Yeah, In a very limited way too. So ten brands, six weeks. Each brand has category exclusivity. Never been sold like this before with us. Uh, so it's uh, it's it's going to be a significant moment in time. And then in, in, in terms of um, the rest of your sports strategy, you know, we've got reports this week about the tennis. James Warburton commenting this morning um, that Nine may be paying up to $100 million per year on a renegotiation of that deal. Um, what, what's the sort of strategy for those summer codes, obviously, to complement that strong winter stretch that you've got? Are you going in hard for the tennis? What happens if you do miss out on that? Well, I mean, I guess I actually didn't. I didn't know what James said this morning, but um, I know he, you know he's actively interested. We're actively interested in all sports, but we've we've got the number one sporting code in the country. Um, you know, would we take more? Of course we would, but uh, you know, I, I think we would take an active interest in it. But uh, yeah, uh, how that plays out remains to be seen. Um, we're dealing with what we have and the tangibles that we've got at the moment, and we're very very happy with what we've got now. There's obviously been reports as well about uh, what's happening between Seven and Cricket Australia. Um, interest from Ten in taking the cricket. Is there a scenario that Seven does renegotiate and re-sign with Cricket Australia? Or on the other hand, what happens if you, I guess, miss out on both and you don't have that summer of sport? Well, again, I, I think, you know, there is a is there a scenario that plays out where Seven has a good course there is. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, you know, we believe we do a very good job of, of cricket here in Australia and the matches that we take and the codes that we take or the categories we should that we take, I should say. So, yeah, there, there's a scenario that, that has that. But, uh, it, it, again, that's going to be hotly contested. Um, you know, it's not the number one code in the country. We've got that. Um, I've said that before. So that's the main thing. And, uh, you know, we, I guess, like everyone else, will play a part in it. And then, um, Natalie, it's, there's been a lot of chatter in the last week about the nature of um, sports partnerships with several national codes severing deals. Um, I guess with, the, with that new deal for the AFL, do you think there might become a time where there would be a reassessment from Seven on, I guess, how it does integrate gambling into its sports coverage? I mean, there's um, data from the Australian Institute that seven in 10 Australians would like to see a ban of gambling ads on TV? I think um, to, you know, what's been discussed over the last week around uh, diversity and inclusion, I think the AFL does a remarkable job on um, being able to celebrate various communities among Australia. I think it brings, sport has an innate ability to be able to bring people together. When it comes to wagering, I guess it depends. Obviously, there's different regulations that uh, federally and locally um, are implemented already and will those tighten up that could happen um, and that could happen for AFL but I guess we'll cross that bridge when we come to it if we come to it so um, on to the major tech announcement which was on uh, code seven um, Kurt you mentioned the aura deal as well earlier um, last year you announced the code seven plus partnership with Salesforce and this year is more directed around the launch specifically in 2023. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about that? And I guess what has changed in terms of from last year's announcement 
um, and what we can expect coming this coming year? Well, the uh, what we spoke about last year was uh, the Salesforce um, deal, which was working with Salesforce and introducing uh, CRM uh, into our system and uh, to, to get that into our market in the hands of our customers. Plus, we uh, worked with a company called uh, Media Cloud, which is um, working with our digital auto management platform, which is now um, completely changed out to be working with Media Cloud and Salesforce. So that goes live uh, start of next year. Uh, we're working with it now. It's just getting into operational side. So that'll make, uh, as it relates to the digital uh, trading with Seven, better, faster, more effective, a um, lot of self-serve automation uh, reports, uh, you know, in future-faced uh, products that haven't yet been seen in Australia. So we're very excited about that. And the next stage of, of that uh, is in what this announcement is about is the actual um, the broadcast side of that as we move into, again, joining Salesforce uh, Media Cloud as their product with Imagine um, to create the future of TV video trading in this country. Uh, the very latest in technology, the first time that we've brought Salesforce together with Imagine to create what we're about to create. No one in the world has created this the way that we are creating it. The objective to save our customers time up to 20, 30% and more when it is fully operational to save our own people's time and to make sure that when people are investing with Seven to buy across Metro Regional and digital, that is seven metro regional and seven plus. Yeah. Buy an audience at the push of a button in an optimized way to take away any of the pain points that currently exist. So we can focus on the more bigger ideas, the ideation, the integration, the content creation, all of those things that add even greater value to working with seven. And that's what Code Seven Plus brings. It's a $50 million plus project that's been going now for a couple of years and it's just about accelerating. And that's what I mean around 2023. We've been working to this moment for a long, long time and it doesn't just end at 2023 with a few announcements. This is a future-facing, game-changing company uh, initiative that's, you know, high, high in investment and a great benefit to our customers. I mean, that's that's how... You know, we think about it, Nat. I don't know if you've got. Any yeah, more. I would say we're we're running um, some tests at the moment using the Voz data, and what we're seeing around our ability to be able to reach larger audiences and manage duplication better is really exciting for advertisers going into the future. And if we can facilitate an easier way to be able to trade those audiences and be able to deliver campaigns in a more efficient um, and a more effective way, then that's going to lead to a healthier industry as well. And I think that the opportunity that we're already seeing is massive. So having the technology to be able to execute on that is going to be vital um, going into, I guess, the next 18 months. It's interesting you kind of say that about the, the, the healthier industry as a whole, Nat. Do you sort of see it as a case of uh, stronger partners or stronger rivals maybe is better for each of you because you know some would argue that some of your competitors have had these sort of similar multi-channel buying systems for a few years now is it sort of a case of you know ours is better than yours or easier than yours or is it a case of you know sharing and um kind of uplifting together i think 
it, I don't really care what the competitors are doing, if I'm honest. I think our objective is to make it easier for uh, our customers. And if we can deliver stronger results, I say this often that if we can prove that by investing money with seven, you get a better result, they'll come back and spend more money with us. So, uh, you know, and I'm not afraid to talk about that. That's what we're here to do, right? We're here to grow businesses. And we talk about growth, partnering for growth next year. And this is a very long-term strategy as well. So, um, I don't believe that anyone can do currently now what we are going to be able to do. To Kurt's point, it is the first of its kind in the world. We are constantly challenging ourselves on, we have all these workshops, we've had them for the last six months, and we start each meeting with a mantra about what we are creating for the future. And we have to pull ourselves up around, oh, but this is how we do it now. It doesn't yeah. matter. We are creating a new way of working in the future of the industry. And it's bloody exciting. I have to tell you, like it's a little bit uncomfortable when we talk about Kurt's often reminding me, you know, you've got to get comfortable being uncomfortable and that's okay. So to the point around the industry and, and what others are doing, they can do what they're going to do. We're a different business and we're focused on being able to connect with millions of Australians in a more effective way for our clients. So we're building this for them to be able to drive their businesses forward. And I, and I do think, I mean, just, just sort of building on that, I do think to your point, Callum, there is a positive outcome if everybody is on a journey and everyone is on a journey. So we do want the industry to be stronger. Everyone will have their different version of it. Um, we, of course, believe ours to be the best, but um, will be the best. But um, when everyone has their own version of it, which they all do at, at various stages, that is a good thing because we do believe that the premium video market as it relates to uh, television is a very strong and vibrant one and having the, uh, you know, the technical innovations to drive us forward as an industry is going to be really important as VOS comes in, as other initiatives that we do as a collective come in to help buying BVOD and television easier and faster, um, you know, it's every, everyone playing a part in that was definitely going to move us forward because, as I mentioned before, and I think it's really important from a business perspective that, you know, our ambition is not just to be into the $3.5, $4 billion dollar uh, video market it is the five six seven eight nine ten billion dollar marketplace that's yeah what we want to play and and i think we've all at various stages got our um you know our tools in the kit to be able to get into that and as an as a tv medium um we we certainly um want to get deep into that video revenue pie and just finally, before I let you go and do some last prep for the presentation later on, um, we've we've seen big numbers recently reported from Nine in terms of their deals with Google and Facebook, or I should say Meta. Um, Kurt, where do you sort of see this now um, with with sort of sevennews.com.au and I, I guess the rest of the network? And are you, are you happy with your current arrangements? Uh, well, we've uh, we've had um, a lot of discussions with all of those um, parties that you mentioned, and uh, you know, yeah, we believe that uh, we've had great discussions, and we're actively involved now with um, you know activating all of those outcomes. So, yeah, I mean, are, are we happy? We'd always like more, of course, but no, we've um, you know, there's been a very Jared Roberts, our uh, chief digital officer and CTO, is actively in conversations with them. So yeah, it's, that's been going on for um, quite a while now. Yeah. 
Brilliant. Well, uh, Nat and Kurt, really appreciate you taking the time to join me today, and I'll, uh, I'll see you later, and good luck. Thanks, Thank John. Appreciate it. Thanks very much. And that is it for this Upfront special. We'll be back tomorrow for the news chat and regular programming of the Mumbrella Cast. Just two more to come in our Upfront special series with O-Media's Kathy O'Connor joining us on Tuesday before we wrap things up with SBS's James Taylor. Thanks again for listening and bye for now.